0: You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal, and your host of this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Today we're talking about Seattle City Council has unanimously voted to give two buildings that we've currently got to community ownership by black owned businesses that have been operating in the community for years and years and years. And this is one of those things that was part of the protests over the summer in CHOP. And it's kind of finally happening. So ownership of, I think there's three different buildings. And I did a podcast on this a while ago. There's three different buildings that are now actually being transferred to their owners um, within the community. And one of the major things... From chop, one of the the chop protesters had three big concerns. Number one, defund the, fi- the Seattle Police Department by fifty percent. Uh, do it now. That was what they always indicated. Um, release everybody that had to do with the protests. Release those guys from jail. Get out of out of jail. Free card. Nikki told me that in my last podcast that I wasn't saying get out of free, um, get out of jail free. I said j- get out of free jail. We don't want that happening. We want get out of jail free card. We want that enabled. But that's what uh, they wanted for all the protesters. Just, hey, you guys are just free to go. We know you did a bunch of stuff that you got arrested for, but you're you're free. Fly, little birdie. So the third thing was to basically invest in communities of color. And that's what we're doing. And part of that is we've got a couple of buildings here. And... Um, that is happening. But we're also City of Seattle is struggling to do $100 million of investment of its communities of color. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about these buildings being transferred. And um, we're going to talk about um, how the larger goal of funding kind of some of the Black Lives Matter movement that is having some difficulty here in Seattle. It's a it's a tricky thing to do. The Seattle and this is an article from capitol hill seattle block community news for all the hill and um i haven't seen this this story anywhere else but maybe because it's kind of overshadowed by all of the i don't know election nonsense going on right the seattle city council voted unanimously monday to transfer two long sought central district properties Back to the community after years of hope and promises, including pre- pledges from Mayor Jenny Durkin, this summer as Black Lives Matter movement demonstrations grew in Seattle. This is making good on one of those promises. Hey, we'll probably give we'll, we'll put on the fast track giving you guys ownership of these buildings. The transfer of the Central Area Senior Center on 30th Avenue and Fire Station 6 at 23rd and Yesler comes after an increased push in recent months connected to protests and demands from community groups and activists. Afric- Africa Town Community Land Trust, that's been pushing for the city to transfer the property for seven years. So these are not overnight decisions. It's not like just a couple of days ago. Um, on Monday night, Monday, the um, November the second, people are like, Oh, let, let's just hand over these buildings. This is what we're doing. No, this stuff has been in the in the works for years. And so the the one that Africatown uh, Community Land Trust seven years in the works, will now have a 99 year lease on the fire station property. And why are we doing this? Because I think in order to get some improvements done, and basically help business structure, they need to either have a long term lease or ownership. And that's what the Seattle, city of Seattle is doing. And a lot of this has been spat along by kind of the some of the protesting and all right, we hear we hear what you're saying. We're going to start getting some of this stuff going. And some of this stuff that has been on the slow seven-year track is now finally being fast-tracked, maybe to completion of a 99-year lease. So we got a 99-year lease on the fire station property. The organization will take a look to turn the decommissioned space into the William Gross Center for Cultural Innovation. Which advocates hope will serve as a technological hub of a community that hasn't had as much access to the resources needed to be successful. All right, so they're going to get some technology in a building that has been, I think, uh, we're talking the fire station here, I believe, and that has been used by the city as basically a massive car storage facility. Like, just think of enormous garage. Used to be a fire station. We're just going to park some city cars in there and call it good because we don't really know what we're going to do with this building. All right, maybe, maybe um, Africatown Community Land Trust can actually get some use out of it. That's the hope. That's the plan. And they're going to make it um, into the William Gross Center for Cultural Innovation. So that's what we're doing. The community asset will help close the gap we are already seeing in Seattle, where there is an astronomical economic growth that is not resulting in all communities benefiting. I talk a lot about the K shaped recovery, coming out of the Coronavirus. Some communities are taking off and they're doing excellent. They are buying luxury homes, they are buying homes left and right because interest rates are super low. Another segment of the community has lost their jobs. And they are facing um, they're facing eviction. And when these moratoriums come come due, and when these moratoriums get lifted on eviction, guess what? You are going to have a slew of evictions and foreclosures happen. That will happen. So much of this stuff just happens normally. You've got XYZ number of evictions and foreclosures that happen. But because those have been put on hold, when those get released, guess what? That Those are going to happen in droves. So all of this stuff that has been kind of pent up and hasn't happened since mid-March, and the moratoriums got put on place, you're going to see that. And you're going to see a lot of people kicked out, put on the streets. Um, I don't think there's any way that you can avoid that happening. Um, Just numbers alone of what's happening with housing. So the K-shaped, so think of the letter K. You got one part of K that's going up, another leg that's going down. Those are the two segments of society ones benefiting from the Coronavirus, the other not so much. And those guys are out on the streets. And so this is part of um, outreach to that part of society that um, needs a little bit of help and I'm okay with this as long as there is some oversight. And I'd have no idea what that looks like. But uh, that's what we're doing here in Seattle. That said, uh, by council member Teresa Mosqueda, who sponsored the legislation for both transfers. Okay. Um, I am okay with this. I'm this is one of the few things I seem to be okay with that seems that that is happening in Seattle, because I think there's a real benefit to the community. And I, I don't see a downside. I know people are probably going to say, Oh, but you missed out on this, this and this point. Okay, probably, maybe. But on the surface, this seems like a good thing. Community organizer, Triana holiday told CHS last month, the author of this article, uh, for example, that she hopes children will be able to use 3d printers there that they wouldn't have had otherwise, which could make them better candidates for local jobs. That seems like a pretty reasonable thing to have happen in a community center. I am down with that. I don't think anybody would say, No, you know what? don't give those kids access to the 3d printers. That, that doesn't make any sense. Now, more of this stuff that you can see happen, the better, um, as long as there's oversight for it. And that to me is where we kind of continually go sideways. But that's just something that's always happening, right? That's always happening. The The city designated this site as ripe for a possible cultural center four years ago. But the process was fast forwarded after the transfer was included as one of the hyper local demands from recent protests. So I struggle with the protesters getting their demands because so much of that to me has been so heavy handed. I mean, it's just... You throw in those protests, and yet you're still out doing stuff that um, doesn't benefit the local community, like tagging stuff to no end, breaking into local businesses and doing some looting. Some people would say, but that is not really part of the demands from what we're talking about here. Okay, but it it's all it seems like it's all interrelated. Was an original movement hijacked? And has it been diluted? Probably And it's hard to tell kind of who the players are and who's what's going on. At this point in time, I'm okay with 3d printers being used for kids to further themselves to better themselves. Africatown held a press conference with hundreds in attendance in front of the fire station in June. I think that's about when I did the podcast calling on the city to finally make the transfer. Well, we haven't made the tra- we didn't transfer the property, but we gave them a long term lease, which is basically the next best thing right here, you hear of 99 year leases in Hawaii all the time, locals still own the property, but you can get a mortgage on it, just got to have that 99 year lease. The transfers come as other pledges to the city's black community and activists calling for increased equity and social spending in the city have been slower to take shape. And the 2021 budget process appears likely to also fall short of many goals set during the summer's protests and activism. So we're in the fall slash kind of early winter here in Seattle. Um, But we're in the budget process. Seattle City of Seattle is in the budget process. And that's why you hear so much stuff as far as defund the police and what kind of impact that'll have. We've got a shortage of police officers. I know we had some rioting uh, happen last night during the presidential election, had a couple of different groups wandering throughout the city of Seattle and doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing. And um, so much of that has happened. And we've got the activism going on, but um, got a budget shortfall as well. And that is making um, numbers of police. That's going to be a difficult thing to sell because we've already got like 118 police that have quit in the city of Seattle, along with 39 in September, I keep saying that it's just such a big number. And um, at some point in time, if we have large protests, like we had this summer, we will not have enough police on the ground to keep the city Seattle safe. And that is just kind of what's happening. So Durkin, Mayor Durkin praised the council's move Monday, um, saying in a statement, we must continue to act with urgency to increase opportunities for our communities that have been historically held back and working with community in recent years. We've been able to transfer properties in the Central District and Rainier Beach back to community. The concept for the East Yesler at 23rd Fire Station development could include room for business, enterprise, and education support, technology facilities and maker space, as well as about twenty housing units focused on young adults. The center will be named for William Gross, a pioneer of Seattle, recorded as the city's wealthiest black resident, whose property holdings near the current day, East Madison, became the center of the city's African American neighborhoods. CHS wrote about Gross here in art report on the history of the racial covenants on Capitol Hill. All right, so that's who it's named after a guy from 1882, an early black pioneer in Seattle. He bought 12 acres of land in Madison Valley from Henry Yesler. Yesler is one of those famous famous names in Seattle. There's just a whole bunch of stuff named after uh, Henry Yesler. And at the time, the plot was a thickly wooded area far from the hub of activity along the city's waterfront. But when the Madison Street cable car began service in 1889, it made the area accessible to other citizens and more black families moved in. It's only I mean, what is it a mile and a half from downtown? But man, back then, if that was full of forest and trees, be difficult to get up there. The Central, meanwhile, has been stewarding the senior uh, center property in a month-to-month lease since the city took over ownership in 1975. Man, forever. And has paid little rent. Executive director Deann Ferguson said it was about two hundred sixty-five bucks per month. Instead, paying the city through its services, but the city has done little to, to pay for upkeep of the building. That Ferguson said set back the center about one hundred twenty thousand a year since two thousand and fourteen. So if they need to get some renovations done. In order to do that, gotta have some ownership the long-term lease. The council passed a resolution in two thousand eighteen saying the property should be released to this group. But the had been looking at the site as a Ripe ground for a possible low-income housing development, so this is a property that is in play. The city's office of housing poured cold water on that plan, however, because of the slope of the property site uh, the site sits on, which would have cost millions of dollars to deal with. Parks and Recreation also floated, turning the site into an off-leash dog area. That doesn't sound like the best high, highest and best use for a property, does it? An off off leash dog area. I know it's important to have off leash dog areas in parks, but um, if you can develop it into anything else, that's probably what you do. It should have been concluded a long time ago. Ferguson said, told um, CHS in October, it should have been two years ago, as far as I'm concerned. Community leaders and others have pointed to the summer's protests as playing a major role in getting these transfers completed after years of waiting. And that's why I'm kind of podcasting about this, because I think it's an important thing to kind of get moved along and did the summer did if anything positive was to come out of so much of the nonsense of chop, I would say it was maybe moving this stuff along a little bit. It's just kind of where we're at. Ultimately, I believe that we would not have had this legislation in front of us had it not been for the tremendous impact of the justice for George Floyd protests. Council member Shama Sawant said Monday, she added later, they have struggled through the years of City Hall inertia and opposition to make this happen. And it is finally happening. And, um, the legislation the council passed Monday transfers the property a longtime anchor of the neighborhood uh, black community at no cost to the senior center, senior center. So that's what we've got going on in Seattle. We've got a lot of crazy stuff. But this is kind of one of those stories where I'm like, all oh, right, I haven't seen too much stuff on the politics or people making a ton of money off this or developers coming in, those kind of shenanigans. So that's why every now and then I want to throw in a story that has a happy ending instead of, yep, we had another 39 police quit last month, or we got defunded or some businesses got broken into all that bad stuff. You got to have a good story in there every now and then. And this unless I am wrong. And if somebody knows why I am wrong on this, Do let me know because from what I can see and from the, um, the research that I have done and the prior podcasts that I've done, this makes sense. I guess the proof of the pudding is in after we've had these transfers and these leases happen, does this stuff actually take place? Is there enough funding in the community to have this make sense? I know we've got funding in the community for um, other stuff that's happening. I won't mention anything because I'm kind of waiting to see how the czar of Seattle is going to prove that de-escalation in Seattle is actually happening. And if you haven't followed that story, you should check out my podcast on that on Gorgeous Dre. Just check it out. All right. That's it for me on this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will keep you tuned as more stories like this kind of come out. Thanks again for watching and listening. I'll catch up with you guys in the next one. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.